0: Welcome to the Isle of Faces. I am Sir Buckley. I'm talking to you from absolutely bloody freezing England. I have my Chewbacca onesie, I have my Great Families of Westeros blanket appropriately, and I am still bloody cold. Today, this is a special episode in more than one way mainly because it is not scraps and scrolls, it is not a guest episode, we're not talking about the TV series. Today, bonus episode about my self-published book The Great Castles of Westeros that is coming out tomorrow hopefully going to go through everything any questions I could think of anyway and uh, just get ready for the launch tomorrow I know generally I have quite a dull deep voice that never sounds excited about anything hopefully it will come across more today that uh, I'm uh, very excited and very energetic if it doesn't come across just you'll less have to trust me I, I am my head is spinning around I haven't really stopped since Whenever it was finished, it was it Friday, Saturday? Whenever it's just—it's uh, not stopped. I always envisioned I would, you know, submit it and then relax, recline in a leather-backed armchair with a some kind of drink I could swirl and uh, a leather book in hand, or you know, at least PlayStation controller. I've not done any of that. I've not stopped. It's even more work somehow than actually writing the book. Not really, but anyway. And secondly. The way this is different is because I am so busy, because I am doing this, another podcast today, and a blog post, all before the release tomorrow. As well as speaking to all you lovely people on Twitter, it, you've all been very interactive with me, it's very enjoyable. Uh, I'm not going to edit this as much. Normally, it takes me hours and hours to edit these podcasts because I'm not a great speaker. I mutter and mumble and... Uh, I do that a lot I go um and stuff like that and normally I go all the way through and edit those out I'll try and do the major ones but it might be a little bit more annoying for you uh, to listen to me but hopefully you'll forgive me and maybe my general enthusiasm will just outweigh any of those negatives you might also hear my heating because normally I turn it off for these I'm not turning it off today I am freezing okay so you'll just have to put up with that as well well I will be fair uh normally we look at the reach here in wiltshire the reach river lands path. today is probably more of an eerie day the sky is still crystal blue there's just white on the ground so maybe even a bit of north we get a lot of it here in england so i'll be fair it is a nice day it's just cold so like i said today is all about the great castles of westeros an unofficial guide by myself yours truly if you for some reason Aren't addicted to my Twitter timeline and haven't been on the edge of your seats listening to everything I have to say. This is a, a project I've been working on for three years overall and especially during the last six months. For listeners of the show, um, you might remember that I actually announced it back in May at the beginning of our guest episode with Girls Gone Canon and obviously there's been a lot of work since then, a lot of changes. Right back then, it was actually uh, 101,000 words and since then, it's grown to 232,000 last time I looked. So as you can see, it uh, wasn't quite as quick on the draw. I thought I'd be able to get out in summer because, um, well, I figured all I really had to do was add in the stuff that I'd learned from Fire and Blood. That was not the case, so I had a lot more to add. But glad to say it's all in there now and nice and ready for you just in time for Christmas. So before I go any further, let me first thank, because they deserve thanks, Uh, some patrons of the Isle of Faces podcast this is a bonus episode after all I want to get to those so let me say thank you to Chloe thank you to the guys from History of Westeros thank you to Virginie and thank you to also to a lovely lady called Catherine very much appreciated and to all the other patrons also so today is the final day of the castles countdown tomorrow Tuesday the 3rd of December is when both the ebook and the paperback versions, yes, that is coming in both. That's another difference, fact from May when I first uh, announced the idea. They are both coming out tomorrow on Amazon. And while we're thanking people, I have to thank you all for the pre orders. A lot of people have put in pre orders for the ebook. Unfortunately, Amazon don't do pre orders for the paperback for some reason. But I've been absolutely flawed. I did not expect those kind of numbers at all. I thought maybe one or two would be kind enough. Uh, not the case lots of people so again very very excited for me like I say no no relaxing I really I really want to play Skies of Arcadia I think maybe that'll be my prize when it's finally all said and done I'll fire up the Dreamcast get in my Air Pirate ship and if you don't know what I'm talking about you should go and find out and like I say there's more podcasts to come today I have to um, do the Scraps and Scrolls that we've missed out on that'll probably come out on Wednesday Uh, blog post about basically what we're talking about here I might even if there's time maybe I even try to do a live stream on YouTube and talk to some of you I don't know because I've never done that before so I'd have to look at how much setup and how tired I am but maybe either way I'm going to be busy so who can say for now I'm just going to talk a little bit about the book what it is why it is and anything else I can think of just so everyone's got as much information as possible because some of you might, might be on the fence some of you I might just might have pre-ordered and are interested some of you might be uh, intending to buy but you just want to listen some of you might just really like my voice or you might just want to hear the background whether you're buying or not because uh, I think it's interesting you might disagree but I think so like I say announced way back in May there's been loads of additions almost completely rewrote it but it is it's a long time coming and a lot of work has gone into it again if you follow my twitter you will know uh, there's been a lot of late nights a lot of early mornings and not a whole lot else of them writing this book for a long while so in its simplest form what is it let me just get down to that The Great Castles of Westeros an unofficial guide again let me tell you it's unofficial it's it's self-published all that jazz but in its simplest form it is a book on the great castles of westeros surprisingly by which i mean the great families of the series the homes of the great families so where do the tyrells live where do the starks live etc etc it is those great castles not just great in my opinion like the actual series of great castles so that does mean no harren hall no dreadfort no raventry hall not this time around no twins you well, we could go on and on couldn't we as much as I would like to fit every castle in there and maybe one day I will get to the uh, lesser known castles of the lesser noble families because there are very very interesting castles in there in that category as well this is already 200,000 words and I did consider having an addendum and like a chapter just mixed with like a page on each um interesting castle like a raven tree hall for example but as I say it was quite long anyway so didn't really have time for that And yeah, maybe maybe one day. But for that, for now, it is our Storm's Ends, our High Gardens, our Castle Rocks, you know, the lineups. And to be fair, they are the most interesting. They're the most important anyway. So we should get to them first, shouldn't we? Uh, I keep saying 200,000 words. I guess that is more of use to the ebook buyers. The paperback is 413 pages long. So as you can say, as you can see or hear rather, it's a big old book. There's enough in there to be getting on with for now. Maybe one day if I ever dare. But the book itself, the way it's written, it's based around a journey that you and I, we would, and everyone else, we would take together. Moving, it's like a grand tour basically, moving from castle to castle in a vaguely sensible geographic trail. We don't just ping around. There's kind of a um, a logic to it of where we're going. And not only do we cover the journeys in between, but also, of course. Our stops, our destinations on this trip. And basically, once we're there, we try and absorb everything there possibly is to absorb about each castle. Because each of these great castles, High Garden, the Eerie, whatever, they're going to get a chapter each. So, a full chapter dedicated just to them and their realm and their interaction with both the land and its people. And then that chapter gets divided into these different sections. And each chapter follows a basic. Structure that I'll, I'll share with you now. So, firstly, obviously, there's an introduction to each castle and its uh, its role both in Westeros. That's might be politically in terms of um, in terms of its own region, its own kingdom, Westeros in general, the weight of its family, what their kind of stick is. You know, the Lannisters, for example, are quite different to the Martells, let's say. So how their influence runs through their castle and also the weight that it bears on the series, be that via family or itself. Again, some castles are more involved in the actual series. Some castles are not, but their families are. Let's say Storm's End, for example. One of the weirder things about Storm's End, we never actually go inside it but it still bears a lot of weight on the narrative, especially via the Braffians of course, I won't go into it too much that's all in the book, but that would be how we might introduce a um, one of these castles for example, from there we would go on to the geography and how the geography is set up to either protect the castle how it affects its influence how the feudal map is set up around this castle where their position is within the kingdom in relation to their their natural borders but also the more powerful houses how those defenses work how their allegiance works how it might make up the very structure of the castle itself there's a lot in there and again because each of these kingdoms are so very different there's a lot to consider for each of these castles the sands around quite different from, I don't know, the waters and unstable rocks of Pike, for example. The Iron Islands, very different place to dawn. It's not just the, the zoomed in, the immediate geography, I try and look at the wider picture for each realm and why Pike is where why is Pike where it is? Why is Storm's End where it is? What's the geographical advantage? How do they get the food to the castle? I'm trying to go through all the different varieties of geography, the human element the human geography the political geography the physical geography of course and basically just anything that we can fit in there it's really uh full out i hope you can tell um and that leads in quite well to the layout and we know these are very individual individualistic full of individuality these castles they've all got specific uh, gimmicks let's call them there's the moon door there's uh, the Sluice Gate of Riverrun, you've got the different thrones, you've got the twin thrones of Sunspear, you've got the Seastone Chair. I mean, this is where the nerdy stuff really comes out because I'm looking at granary sizes, I'm looking at the different, how the beds are uh, decorated, how the different gates work, how how you get around bridge to bridge or tunnel to tunnel, whatever it is, really looking at everything I can find about these castles because I find it fascinating and hopefully you will too. There's so much to learn about each different castle they're all set up differently and this is a really interesting section for me at least and a lot of how the, uh, what makes these castles unique and how they work will be in that section from there we start getting historical we look at the origins how these castles came to be whether it was a fight against the gods whether it was a clever and or winking at the castle out of someone's possession or whether that is just lost in time we don't know there's a lot of different great stories in there I like them a lot. That leads pretty easily into the ancient history section where we go right back to the beginning, right from that origin up to the series and everything that we know happens in these castles in between. So really it's a lot of Westerosi history packed in there because these castles, they're the staples of Westeros. They are where all the important things happened. So we go through the coming of the Andals, we go through the coming of um, the Targaryens, we go through the Dance of the Dragons again and again because these castles are so involved or so affected by such events. And of course, on top of that, there is a hundred more things, a hundred marriages and assassinations and deaths. And I think you, as fans of uh, Song of Ice and Fire, will know the general uh, route that these things take. And some of these are longer than others, some sections... In general, are longer than others. There's a lot more um, of an origin story to Sunspear, for example, than there is to Pike. But then there is also a lot more history to Highgarden, ancient history I'm talking, than there is to the Eyrie, for example. It's it's uh, swings and roundabouts. But to be honest with you, there's no weak chapter. There's no chapter here. Or there's no castle here that is where I was like. I'm struggling to find anything to write here. They've all got something to lean upon, and most of them have everything to lean upon. We have so many details and so many sources that very rarely is there ever a short section. Some of them, that's true. The Origin of Pike, complete mystery to us. So that's a sort short section. Uh, Castle Rock and Highgarden, they obviously aren't in the series, which leads me on to our next section, which is Current Events. And what happens in the book series to or within these castles or what affects these castles or the families that rule them some castles don't have that as much like i said storm's end stuff does happen around storm's end but you don't actually get to go in there as much so it's a a bit different and then finally once we've gone up to the end of dance of dragons we're on to the future and i try and have a bit of a guess at what will be in each castle's future whether that be uh, in terms of whether that castle will survive what is literally going to happen in the first few pages of winds of winter what could happen if the long night comes again there's the continuing fight for the iron throne there's all these other plot points that are still to be resolved the smaller plot points of kind of lesser characters i look at which pov characters are likely to return to particular castles and show us a glimpse. Will we get a glimpse of High Garden or Castle Rock? Will we ever return to the Eyrie? The coming of Daenerys, that kind of thing. Really, it's just any any possibility we're looking at here. Anything. It depends. Again, they're all very different, and geography obviously plays a large role in that as well. The There's a lot to consider, and hopefully we get it all in there. So, like I say, there's a good mix for every chapter and a lot of stories, although they cross over a lot because for example the Dance of Dragons affects almost all of them but in different ways and we see some characters popping up in each uh, chapter and it just links all nicely together as we know it does in A Song of Ice and Fire so I quite like that aspect of it as well. Off the top of my head I'd say the shortest chapter is probably Castle Rock or Highgarden, maybe Pike um, as they generally have less going on in the series. We haven't had any POV chapters in either of those yet bi obviously, but even then they are something close to twenty thousand words apiece. So, as I say, no castles are being shortchanged here. If you're interested, the longer chapters, and you can probably guess which castles those are, which chapters they're about. Uh, they're towards the end of the book, and let me tell you, the final two are something like thirty-one and forty-two thousand words respectively. So, hopefully, you can tell the. The level of detail we're talking about here, and um, while I'm on the subject, these are this book is book only. If you get my meaning, this isn't uh, the castles in the TV show or what the events of the TV show. Even though I did originally think about that way, way, way back like three years ago, uh, that was knocked on the head pretty soon. This is book only, book events, book history only. Just in case you're wondering. So there you go. That that's the book in a nutshell. Uh, I hope I do it justice in my rather jumbled probably too fast way of speaking um it's i've tried to get everything i can think of in there i'm sure uh, i might have missed something in there i you know and more than enough commas and stuff like that uh, prizes for whoever points it out first i hope i don't shoot myself in the foot by saying that i hope i'm not just flooded tomorrow with uh, errors and stuff like that try to do my best in terms of making it easily digestible while still hitting on all marks and uh, well you can tell me if i achieve that or not but hopefully you enjoy it either way so if that's the kind of thing that floats your boat and i i appreciate it. it's not for everyone but hopefully some of you are interested and certainly like i say there's a lot of interest in terms of pre-orders and a lot of you have been so kind on twitter of retweeting and liking and talking to me about the book so i at least know some of you are interested and that's that's enough for me to be honest but if that is the type of thing that interests you you will be able to find it on Amazon both in ebook and paperback formats. So for the rest of today, if you're listening to this early enough, I'm talking to you on the morning of Monday, the 2nd of December. If you're listening early enough, you can get it at the pre-order price for the ebook. This is unfortunately a, no pre-orders for paperbacks, like I've said. Um there's a pre-order price which I'll discuss in a moment and then tomorrow both are released ebook and paperback, both available for purchase. So very very excited and I'll say now if I get emotional in this podcast please don't hold it against me um, I already have done several times once I've clicked submit to Amazon once I've uh, put the post up on Twitter then again when I read the comments on the post I put up on Twitter um, so it might happen here I do like a good cry just uh, just be aware I'll try will I pause it? will I have a sniffle? no I'll let you bask in my uh, nerdiness so like I said, at, at first I thought it would just be an ebook, Um And that's part of the reason why it took so long from the original announcement in May. Firstly, I had to look into the process of making a paperback. I didn't even know if it was possible, to be honest with you. Turns out it was. Well done, Amazon and their KDP program for making that so accessible for everybody. Um, and once I found out it was, I, I wanted one. I wanted to physically hold it in my hand because I'm I'm a paperback person myself. I don't read ebooks. Um, and although the content is exactly the same, there's no difference between ebook and, and paperback. The presentation is slightly different, which I'll get to in a moment, but the content, the words, exactly the same between ebook and, and paperback. I'm a paperback person. I can tell you that now because I'm sitting at the on my desk and there are one, two, three, four, five books led out in front of me, and then my laptop is currently resting on a little box that has another thirty more in there. And all of them are unread. I've said before on Twitter there's something like 200 unread books uh, in my bedroom alone so uh, I think you can tell I like paperbacks and to have one of my own um, I've been lucky enough to be published before for short stories in the anthologies but to have one that's just mine and that I've made personally and designed as well with the help of my lovely wife um, that will be emotional when my copies arrive I can assure you and also, uh, on top of that, back in May when I announced it, there were people asking for paperbacks, which really took me back. I did not think there would be that response and that people would be doing that. So that that was really cool. And that was why I decided to um, to make that choice and it, why it took a little bit longer. Not the only reason. But yeah, I do have to tell you I am a little bit in love with the paperback and I'll come on to the presentation differences in a little bit. But yes, I am in love with this book and I can't wait to meet it i should actually be promoting the ebook more um to be honest and i'll tell you why in a second if you're if you're more an ebook person i know a lot of you are the kindles and whatever else that is great well done you i still love you for ordering pre-ordering um it's I just i have a special place in my heart for the paperback so basically unfortunately the kindle create app which is where you make the ebook format and they of amazon have very strict restrictions on how you can present certain things Going through that, we had to change a lot from the original design, and I'm only talking in terms of fonts and chapter headings. Like I say, the content itself isn't affected. That's all exactly the same. It's just the um, the extras, the frills, and stuff like that. So it doesn't look exactly the same. But Lady Buckley, my lovely wife, did a superb job helping me out, and I will be quite honest. I would never have gotten through that formatting stuff without her uh that was all last week the formatting and uh, probably last two weeks formatting and getting it ready and getting it approved and i would have lost my mind i did but i would have lost it for a lot longer without her help so please join me in thanking her for for getting me through that i do not have an eye for design and stuff like that i really don't i really don't you can ask my teachers at school um But she does. So I married well, obviously. Well done me. But in the paperback, we were able to keep all that stuff, all the the cool fonts, the chapter heading symbols and all that stuff. I just just think it works. Personally, I think it is fantastic. And like I say, I can't wait to get my hands on. one. And just in terms of while we're talking availability, I'm sure you will know the drill. It will be available in all the Amazon marketplaces, all the different countries. I'm sure you know all about that. So let me talk a little bit about the price, so you've got all the answers before release day tomorrow. So price currently, as of recording, like I say, the ebook has a pre-order price at three ninety nine, and I'm talking pounds here for any uh, American or otherwise listeners. I know there's a lot of you out there, but I'm keeping it at my home currency for this for this podcast. So that is a pre-order price, and thank you again. I'm going to keep thanking you for all those who've pre-ordered at that price. I did not expect that many. Like I say. St- it just blows me away. I have to keep mentioning it. But that that price will change tonight. At some point before I go to bed, I will submit the change to Amazon to change the price from three ninety nine to four ninety nine, which is the retail price it'll be going forward with. Um sometimes that takes a little while to take effect, so that might be it might be instantaneous, it might be a few hours, but hopefully by morning of release day, tomorrow, Tuesday the third, um it will be at its normal price. So you've got a little bit of money that money off there everyone is pre-ordered so thank you and well done the paperback itself it retails at 12.99 and i'm still talking pounds here now i've had some very nice people tell me that this is still a, it's a steal and very cheap for a book of this size and uh, other people i have talked to have said that's a that's a good idea personally i was sort of disappointed i had to list it at this price i, I want to be forward and honest with you guys i know sometimes it can be considered a bit vulgar or taboo to talk money or price or income or whatever and that's fine for a lot of people I want to be straight with everyone and open about it I wanted to put the price a bit lower I didn't want to price anybody out or anything I know we've all got costs and you know and I just wanted to share it as many people as possible but unfortunately um, Amazon do have a strict model for working these things out and to be blunt the printing costs of a 413 page book are pretty high fair enough makes sense doesn't it 413 pages there's a lot of pages so the price had to be that high to pay for that so basically this is the 12.99 this is the lowest price i could put it where i could also get more than um a pound royalty on each paperback sold according to amazon's pricing structure they obviously have a structure where you get a certain percentage um minus the printing costs and minus their take etc etc i won't bore you with that calculation and i'd have to check exactly but i believe this price ends up as roughly a royalty of £2.20 per paperback sold that ends up with me something like that now you might think that's too much you might think I've got no right to be taking that money for this um you're welcome to your opinion I think differently but I hope you all know enough about me by now to know this isn't this project isn't just a a cash grab it's not something I've just thrown up to make a quick buck because it definitely ain't quick for a start trust me it's a labor of love and it's something i wanted to do for the the fandom that has been so kind for me i mean but having said that it was pretty difficult to see that my original price that i wanted to put it up for which was less than 12.99 paid 20p a back. and um like i say you are free to disagree and i'm happy to listen to any alternative opinions but this is the price i settled on after a lot a lot of deliberation uh, and i hope you agree it's reasonable for something 200,000 words or 413 pages long definitely I hope you'll agree with me and again thank you to those who have uh, alleviated those worries about price and and given some compliments about it it's really reassuring something else I want to make clear to people before they go purchasing this so there's no confusion and like that is pictures and illustrations now I originally had some grand designs in my mind for this book of but no, before I get to that, before I get to that, let's talk about the front cover. is a beautiful illustration. Uh, I sorted way back in May. That was on the original announcement post. Um, that was so very popular and so surprising. It is a wonderful, wonderful illustration by an artist named, uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, I'm sure, Rafaela Keck, I think, is the way you say her name. Uh, you might know her as a Ronja. She's a Ronja Art on um, on Twitter, on DeviantArt, other places. She has a website that will all be linked. I've put it on Twitter multiple times, but I will again, of course. as in the book itself. Um, And it will be up on the blog post. She is an amazing artist. I think she's from Austria off the top of my head. I can't remember now. Um, And she has just some wonderful, wonderful pieces, not only of Song of Ice and Fire, but uh, other castles from The Witcher, from Skyrim, from The Lord of the Rings, other kind of landscape pieces. Uh, she, there's a really cool one from Zelda of the Master Sword in the in the forest I think it might be from A Link to the Past I can't remember if the, I think it is um, uh, mind-blowing stuff I don't know how she does it trust me if I could be doing anything half so brilliant as that I would be doing that instead of this I would be it is absolutely mind-blowing so I, I really encourage you to go and have a look um, and maybe purchase some art from her because brilliant stuff and I'm very very lucky that she uh, agreed to sell me some of her art so that I could put it on the front cover because that is a brilliant piece to have on the front of the book. Now, with that, although that, that arrangement was way, made way back in May, as we got closer to the actual publishing, publishing of this book in the last couple of months, I started to think, hey, what if I had like an illustration of each book, of each castle in each chapter? Because you, you all know there's loads of artwork out there, loads of fan art, Uh, of Storm's End and Sunspear and all the rest. So that would be cool. And then I thought, even if not, maybe I can't do that, but I could have, you know, most books have in the middle, there's a little picture section, I could have put some in there. That would be great, that would work. And then I also thought... Because there's so much reference to the geography and the landscape, and of the we're going through all the rivers of the Riverlands and how that divides them politically, and why that might think, might make things difficult for River Run, or how the economic trade works through the rivers, etc., etc. All these different facets of life through the different geographies and the different terrains we get in these very different kingdoms. In the history section as well, there's talking about where the different families are, the houses, and how that affects them politically. Blah 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 blah. I'll go into it now. Um, but there's a lot of references to where things are, so I thought, why don't we get a map? And I actually was very lucky to agree with Michael carfeld who you might know from doing a lot of the artwork for History of Westeros. Um, he's a very talented designer, he's got a lot of stuff, really cool maps around. He agreed that I could use his hand-drawn maps, and so I thought I could you know, crop out each section and put the Stormlands map in the Stormlands chapter, that would work really well. Unfortunately, that dream had to die in the end, because there's so much, not rocky ground, but a lot of restrictions, fairly enough, fairly enough, let's be honest, about what you can use and put in these type of books and stuff like that. And I'm, to be honest with you, as much research as I put into it, I'm still not even that sure uh, what is allowed and what's not, but I decided to uh, err on the side of caution and... Unfortunately, those things are not included. So there's no illustrations in this book. There's no maps this time around. Maybe in the future, if I've, I can bone up a bit more on the subject and find out that that's okay, they can be included in, like a, in another edition or something like that. And I know that's a shame. Um, I am sorry that they weren't able to be included because I would have liked, I would have really liked to have, you know, members of the fandom involved That uh, we've got so many talented artists. But one, that would have been a, a much higher cost, obviously, but two, just not, sure on what was allowed and what was not and so they're not included this time which is a definite shame uh, because like i say so many of those artists are wonderful and i would have loved to have more of uh, Failers or oranges art in there as well um but not this time around hopefully my content can uh, can make up for that at least a little bit and to be fair if i had had to actually format all those pictures and illustrations and maps as well uh, I don't know if the book would have come out, I might have actually gone insane, because it was hard enough about them, so maybe I actually dodged a bullet, even if it is a, a, a cry in shame. So that's I mean that's the book in a nutshell, I'm not sure, whilst I can tell you about the book itself, I'm sure I'll think of something ten minutes after I, I, I stop recording, um, I'll try and add it in maybe, or if anyone's got any questions over Twitter, maybe they will come through as well. I don't know what else to say, really, other than this has taken over my life for the past six months. I was putting in a lot of effort in the three years previously. This was all born three years ago. Maybe I can tell you a bit bit about the process of writing this. It has has really dominated my life. It's really a a get up at five, start work, go to bed at three after finishing, Um, a lot of research, a lot of reading, and... Yeah, like I say, in in the early days, it was a lot different. I had TV stuff in there. Um, I got rid of that and rewrote it, and then I've rewritten basically everything again. We had I waited for Fire and Blood, so I could get all their histories in. Whether that was you know a major thing, like well, like the history of Dragonstone, for example, a lot of Fire and Blood stuff in there. But even um, I don't know, saying Jaehaerys visited. Cassidy Rock in whatever it is 60 AC or blah 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 any of those kind of details they're all in there and yeah so I've spent a lot of time typing away with my lovely sometimes sleeping puppy sometimes not sleeping puppy Beside me, um, listening to uh, Skyrim music, because that relaxes me. Uh, Also, the Mindful Vibe series, you should all check out. That's very helpful. And just working away. And a lot of you have been super supportive throughout, whether that's way back in May, whether that's during the process, whether that's the last week or so. There's been so many of you reaching out and saying such lovely things that I don't probably don't deserve. Um, I've said it here before, but I'm not very... Well, I'm sure you can tell, I'm one, not a good speaker, but I'm not very good at speaking about myself. I'm not sure if that's just my kind of uh, polite Britishness coming through there. Um, but I don't like to shout about what I've done, so every time I tweet about it, I get a little bit cringy. Like, what? No one wants to know about your stupid book, just stop. And, uh, it's And It's been a, quite hard to override that, but you've all been wonderful and encouraging and making it all worthwhile. So, let me close here by just kind of telling you why I decided to write this book. Um and this is included in the book I do tell the reasons why I love castles, so I won't go I won't ruin any of that for you. But other than the fact that I like castles and stuff like that, I also like writing. Um I consider myself a writer, or I'd like to be. um I have a, lo- a large fiction book, a novel that I used to think was really long until I started writing this one. Now I don't. Now I do not think that. And short stories and stuff like that. And I'm much more comfortable on a keyboard than I am a mic. I don't know if you can tell. And writing about A Song of Ice and Fire for the last, oh, what is it now? Oh, I suppose it'll be four years soon, won't it? Um, back on Tower of the Hand and for The guys' of History of Westeros and my own stuff from Red Hit, whether it's about the TV show or the series has been a joy and I've said many times we are here before I mean, this is the whole reason I of Faces exists I believe this fandom to be one of the very best in the universe of nerdy fandoms it is truly wonderful I've met some amazing people again, they keep talking to me on Twitter so <laughs> I'm very lucky um... And I've really looked up to Aziz in the show, and the guys from Not a Cast, and the Girls Gone Cannon, and Davis Fingers. You've heard me say it all before. Loads and loads of people, loads of writers as well, not just podcasters. And I wanted to be a part of them. And, and I can. There's a lot of things already being done, so I tried to look for something that wasn't. And. I didn't know if anyone else would be willing to trawl through uh, minor details of castles for years of their life, but I knew I was, so I went for it. And lucky for me, uh, I, I do love castles. I think they are important. I think they're beautiful. I think they are, they're just wonderful. And I'm, I'm starting to, um, slide into my introduction in the book here, so I'll, I'll stop myself, but there is not very far from me at all, uh, a castle <laughs> in our town and it, you know it's not that big it's not that it's you know we're not talking the Rock here it's just a little castle nestled away in our town centre but it's it's really cool it's really cool I've always loved it and um, I've been I'm very lucky I was born to parents who were both history nerds and actually just talking to my mother the other day about this book. Um, because she saw my introduction where I referenced some of the childhood visits to the castles around England. And she actually said that she still remembers that very clearly as well because she actually had a goal to visit every castle in England. And uh, while she's not achieved that yet, maybe uh, that's uh, something for me to aim for, to get her to that goal. Because there are a lot of them here and they are quality, if I'm honest with you. Um, It is something I love about my country, our obsession with history because it's so vast and obviously we know that's led a lot into the the Song of Ice and Fire series itself Um, and our castles are a really important part of that. And More than that, this isn't just a book about castles despite the title, it's a story about um, all of Westeros. The, The stories are told through these castles, all the important events, all the characters, or the setup of the geography and how all that society is structured around them. I know I said this earlier, but we we really do see everything in these castles. We see kings and queens get born and live and die. We whole, we see whole lifespans flash by as the castle goes from one heir to the next, and over and over and over again, over again for thousands of years. We see marriages. We see true love. We see you know Jaehaerys and Queen Alicent at Dragonstone. We see. Passion, ambition, and greed just about everywhere in Highgarden, Castle Rock. We see, people have a desperate pride in their homes, and sometimes it's a different pride. There's a very different, um, different pride between Gerald Lannister and Brendan Tully, the blackfish, and his love for his home and the people within it because of those happy times he experiences. That we get to witness, we get to see all of that, we get to see. The whole spectrum of the human experience and the story of westeros in these castles it, we really do see it all is quite amazing yeah like i say they are important and i am quite a fan and yeah again i'm just quite a fan of this world and this fandom and it's been a privilege to write this and share it with you and i hope you will find if you even find a uh, A modicum of the joy that I had writing it even when I was shouting at it at 4 a.m. to behave and even when I was just trying slapping myself to stay awake to do more work and really wanted to you know do things like sleep or eat Um, even then secretly uh, I was in love with this book and I've really really enjoyed writing it it's actually a little bit weird to not have it there anymore uh, just yesterday afternoon, Sunday afternoon um, we had gone from walking the dog and my natural default setting was to sit down over my laptop and then I realised there was actually nothing to write and it was pretty weird because that's just that's like I said, it's just been my default if I have a free second I'm doing something for the Castle's book and all of a sudden now when now that it's obviously finally submitted to Amazon, I can't, I couldn't change it even if I wanted to it's, there's a large gap there um, and luckily I have more than enough to be filling it with in terms of kind of real world responsibilities but I have a novel to finish I have enough one in mind to write there's plenty more A Song of Ice and Fire stuff to uh, to get to funnily enough just uh, quickly before we finish when I first started this project I used to refer to it as large A Song of Ice and Fire project some of you might remember um, I had a second one that I nearly started first but I didn't because I thought that would be the longer one. And uh, I do not think that anymore. If uh, this other subject, which I won't spoil because I do intend to write it one day. If that is as long as this one, uh, well, good God, I don't know what I did to, uh, to, to do that. But it's been a long time coming, it's been a large part of my life. And I really hope you'll enjoy it as just this little tour, this journey around Westeros and the castles that make it so great. Thank you all for, for listening and putting up with me. More unedited voice. Um, I didn't. I haven't written anything for this podcast. I don't know if you can tell. Um, I don't have the notes to go off usually that I share with Aziz for scraps and scrolls. I'm just kind of winging it. Uh, like I say, I'm sure I've forgotten something important. Be sure to remind me if uh, if you notice anything. But yes, this is the final day of the castles countdown, and I, I honestly can't believe that I get to say it. But I have a book coming out tomorrow. Um, and uh, there's a reason I'm not doing this on YouTube because you just have to look at my massive grin the whole time okay look, I'm not gonna take up any more of your time thank you for listening to me spout about my own work normal service will be resumed on the other faces soon on Wednesday I will have last week's missed scraps and scrolls for part uh, nine of clash of kings and obviously going forward we'll finish that book off soon and um, yeah just keep an eye on uh, the uk on the Isle of Faces feed and on my Twitter, Sir Buckley S-E-R Buckley um, because I'll be talking a lot more about castles and it is launch day tomorrow. It is launch day. All right, thank you everyone who's pre-ordered or intends to buy and or even not. Thank you anyway for your continued support. Have a great day. I am sure I am going to have a great week. Thank you very much.